The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Sony Open. It's storylines. It's our best bets. It's one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, welcome back. Great to be back. Um, Always a fun week here. Um, As we said yesterday on on the DFS pod, this is a a well-established event on the PGA Tour, just about as well as it gets. So it's always fun. It's a cool, cool golf course. Stark contrast from last week, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Mark Immelman is here. Hey, Mark. How's it, uh, Rick? Hey, Greg. This one is one of my favorite golf courses on tour. It's up there with you know, Colonial and certainly with the Green Briar and stuff, one of those old style Seth Rayner places, which is really, really cool. Love this it. Is the, this is the first place I saw a PGA Tour event live. Really? Really? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, my sister used to live in Honolulu and we visited her one winter and this we went and I was, I, I, I might have told this story to somebody, but uh, I saw Spencer Levine hit a, fair, a shot out of the fairway bunker and I was like, oh, my God, that sounded like a shotgun went off. And this guy is like the 200th ranked player in the world. Who is, who is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> and then he, you know, chain smoked a couple of packs after that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Porter is here. KP. What hey, up, buddy? Welcome. Yeah, I'm fired up another week. I'm, I'm just so excited about the year after, after last week. I, I felt like I was telling somebody this today. It felt like. Capilou is very much an extension of just the crazy 2021 that we got. And I hope that that just continues. You know, this is not, I mean, Mark's right. This course is cool. The field is, you know, it's what it is normally at the Sony open. It's not great, but you know, farmers is just a couple weeks away and uh, yeah, we're, we're starting to, it's starting to like the first quarter of the year is always super exciting. And, th- and this is a big part of it. So I'm, I'm excited. Hey, hey, do you think I'll, we might see a, a uh, sorry, Mark, you, you think we might see a, a normal sport too uh, about 2022? I don't know, man. I just, I was so worn down after it. Yeah. I, I would love you, to. You tried to write the whole thing in like six weeks. You have the whole year now. You can be taking notes as we go along. Come on. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. I need to have a, I need to have a come to Jesus meeting with my wife though, just to, to, to make sure we're on the same page, literally and figuratively. Hey, Kyle, speaking of Jesus and things going on, uh, the beard, sporting, man. Keep that. That thing's winning. Nice job. Thank you. Yeah, very Thank cool. You. Appreciate yeah, this it. Why need to, this is why you need to watch on YouTube. Kyle Porter sporting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got the beard. Speaking of Jesus and things going on. <laughs> oh, you, got the, you got the beard, and you said the tour is continuing. So, I mean, Did Jesus I'm, wear a link soul? Or no? He, he should have. <laughs> it looks good. 
Shut you wore linked sandals on Kevin. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I, he he did. He linked souls. So yes. there. We oh go. man! Yeah. Shut it down. Wow. We're we're done wow. here. We're done. Oh, he's here. done. Shut it down. Four minutes in, we're done. Uh, All right. We talked a little bit about this golf course already. Let's just let's just go down the path. Why lie, Mark? Probably. I mean, we might be in Hawaii, but quite a stark contrast from what we saw last week, isn't it? Well, it's it's what makes this Hawaii swing so cool to me, Rick. I mean, you come from Kapalua, which is this big golf course sitting up on the side of a mountain. You travel uphill, downhill, all sorts of undulations and stuff. And Maui is sort of rural, if you will. It's just a beautiful uh, untouched island in many spots. And then you go over to Honolulu, which it's a huge city. You've been there. It's like... It's like little Tokyo, I would call it. And then you've got this beautiful course nestled in there inside of the neighborhood. It's an old Seth Rayner design. Um, you go from undulating and windy to very flat, some trade winds, but you're protected pretty much. And then I love this course because Seth Rayner, when he designed the thing in the 20s, I think it was, he, he sort of a few of the holes were nods to legendary holes and other golf courses. Like the first is the tournament plays it. It's normally the 10th for the members uh, as, as a, a, not a copy, but it's similar to the, the 17th at the old course. Um, number four as they play it is a beer. It's green, that long par three with a big, uh, it's 200 plus, I think with a big swell through the middle of the green. And then uh, obviously the signature hole there next to the ocean. 17 is that beer. It's design like at North Berwick. Um, the fifth, I think it is, over there at North Berwick, where everything sort of filters from the front to the back of the green. There's a bunker guarding the, the left-hand edge. So it's just a good place, and it's a fun town, and, and there's a really cool vibe, and, and it's one of my favorite. I've been there one time, and that one time I got to call one dude shooting 59. You see, there's the golf ball. Yeah, let's get a solo on that, uh, Jacob, if we can. So Mark has the 59 ball from JT, just, which right. was opening round, Mark. That was his first round, wasn't it? With it, a was, it, was, it was the opening round, and um, he had won the week before, and so we got there, and so we get to the golf course Thursday morning, and we were sort of on a wire in time, to be honest with you. I was still on the radio crew, and I get in the media center, switch on scoring, and I see Justin Thomas is like 10 under through 11. <laughs> so I say, I said to my producer, we better get someone out there. So we start sort of, we weren't on the air yet, but we go out there and I'm on him. I'd called him the week before winning in Maui. And so I went out there and we called a lot of the shots recorded. And then he eagled the ninth hole, the par five. It's regularly a par, uh, it's, it's also a par four, a par five short for the members straight away. And he made eagle from about 20 feet to shoot 59. And it was, it was one of the cool the cool moments I've ever been a part of, really. I love that. And there is there is something poetic for me, Greg, about your first real full field event of the year on a course that really historically has allowed a lot of different types of winners. You don't have to bomb and gouge it. Everybody's pretty live here. It's like not only do we get a blank slate for everybody, but everybody's live, which is something that, to be honest, you go to a lot of courses on the PGA Tour is not true. Tory. Right. Yeah. You see, yes. uh, right. Exactly. It's a perfect example. That's why you see a guy like Webb Simpson have so much success here. You see a winner like Kevin Na and Fabian Gomez and the, the list of winners is, um, is, is diverse. And, and regardless, the, the other cool thing is you get varying conditions, which can lead to some really low scores. It can also lead to some really difficult scoring. I remember when Cam Smith won, 
ironically. It, it was a it was a really difficult week. Guys were really having a hard time with it. Um, I, Brendan Steele was in the mix. Ryan Palmer was in the mix. We, you, you have different styles of players contending and competing, and the design of the golf course asks for that. The conditions typically ask for that, so it makes for a really fun week. What if you, if you, real quick, Rick, if you look at, I mean, I was trying to look at some of the correlation between playing well and and what skill sets there are on, on data golf and Rick Run Good and all these different places. And it's like every year it's something different, which is is sort of what you guys are saying. But it, it that to me it makes it it makes it really interesting because you could, I mean, JT led the field in driving when he won in 2017. And somebody like Kevin Na finishes, I don't know, 60th, 40th, somewhere pretty, pretty far back uh, in terms of, of distance off the tee. So it, it, I mean, what Rick said is right. Like everybody's alive and it, and it gives you a, uh, it kind of gives you, a, I have no idea what's going to happen this week feel to the tournament. Yeah. We're going to try to figure that out. Kevin Na is going for his title defense. The last golfer to successfully defend their Sony open title was gentlemen. Jimmy, Jimmy Walker, right? Yes. Jimmy Good Walker. Call. Texas Ranger. 2014, 2015. 2015, he won by nine shots. Nine shot Jimmy Walker runaway. That's the still the margin of victory record. Unbelievable. He's yeah, that's, what a, his, that's, uh, a run, that's a runaway out here. What was his strokes gain that year? Uh, vamp for me for a minute, I'll tell you. Maybe 21 or so. Something 20... like Bryson at Wingfoot. When was it, 2015? <laughs> Uh, the, the year that he shattered it was 2015. So I'll, uh, have to find out. It looks like it was, it was, it was almost 20, which that makes sense. Yeah. That's bonkers. Um, that's crazy. Uh, other things that have been bonkers, uh, scoring KP. Yeah. I, I believe last week has been referred to as video game golf, as whatever you want to call it. And this this really – I don't know why, but this really gets some people fired up when they see yep. scores like this. I'm not sure I'm as passionate about, about that as as most, but people are taking to Twitter mostly and saying, hey, maybe, maybe scoring is a little bit out of control. Well, the thing that kind of irritated me was people were talking about it being clown golf or, I don't know, silly – like silliness or whatever. And it's like – I get what you're saying, I guess, but as long as there are interesting shots, right? And and at Kapalua, there were a ton of interesting shots. Every shot there is interesting because it's running, it's you know, you gotta hit a a, a wedge from a weird lie, you gotta you gotta kind of hold this green. Like as long as there's interesting interesting shots, who cares what the score to par is? Change the par. Right, I know Mark. Close your ears. He always makes fun of me about this, but make make Kapalua par seventy. I, I don't like if that if that satiates some people. Make make Sony make Wildeye par sixty eight. Right, just take away the par fives. Like make them par four. I mean, that's kind of what they are anyway. So I, I just I don't know. I I don't get super worked up about like what the score to par is. I do think. The thing that I would like to see more of, and and this is like, it's not controllable because it's just weather dependent. But when it gets soggy and slow, like that's not to me, that's not super interesting. Seeing and somebody pointed, uh, Andy Johnson pointed this out on Twitter, like seeing the ball run on the ground, even even on like eighteen where you're uh, at Kapalua, where you're hitting these shots into eighteen and it's running and diving and and kind of going all over the place. 
that's fascinating. But but when it gets really soggy and you're just like slogging through some of these courses and that contributes to the low scores, that bothers me more than whatever the score to par is, you know? And, but, and so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you mentioned it, KP, right? Like firm and fast. That's the way to fight back to these guys. But a lot of that is out of your control. It's not like you can crank up the wind. It's not like you can keep the rain away. And you also can't run the stimp to 13 and a half because if the wind does come, you're pretty screwed there. So you're kind of just... You're just stuck with it, and if you get a windless recreational vacation course that's wet, so be it. I do think sometimes they can bake it out a little. I'm not saying this about Hawaii, but at some places it's like you don't have to turn the sprinklers on. You know, like you can let it go a little bit, <laughs> uh, and we see that. It, that's that's been done before, and then the folks who did that were called clowns by the same folks on Twitter who complaining about low scores. No, I'm yeah. not talking about the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open, that, that's that's a different thing. Well, I'm talking about yeah. like at a regular memorial or Byron Nelson, you know, whatever, like a, a regular PGA Tour stop. Um, so it, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, as a, as the course setup person, as the event organizer, it's it's hard to get everything to match up perfectly. But I would like to see. I don't care about the par unless you want to change change the again change the par of the course, whatever. But I would like to see. If, firm and fast as more of a regular thing on the PGA tour. Although I don't know that that's ever, you know, maybe, maybe that's reserved only for, for, uh, for major championships and maybe that's okay also, but I, I would like to see it more on the PGA tour. Well, it's hard on the tour, especially through the summer where we get summertime rainfall and it's hot and humid and it's pretty well guaranteed. You're going to get storms. And if you get a few in a row with some of these Midwestern golf courses that have that, that, that loam sort of soil base with bent grass, you got to keep those moist anyhow. So, so it's we play an outdoor game, and if there's only a couple of weather conditions or events that will suspend play, otherwise you go. And the truth of it is, whether it's 33 under or three under or 33 over, low score wins. So, you know, if you got the low score, you're going to win. And when when you get on those seaside courses like Kapalua, like Honolulu, like the Open Championship venues you're really susceptible to weather volatility. And so in the design of the golf course on seaside courses, and also in the course setup, you have to be prepared for that. Otherwise you look like a, a clown and, and that's the, that's part of the issue. So when you go inland and you play inland golf courses, Parkland golf courses, you have a little bit more control and you can look at setup in a slightly different way. When you get on seaside courses, the, the design and the setup have to be they have to protect against weather because you just don't know so that's that's the risk seaside golf is beautiful and we like being near the ocean and we like seeing the whales and we like seeing the surfers and that's all great and interesting and we love hearing mark rolfing talk about the life of a whale um yes, but we do. but ultimately the golf course is susceptible to weather and that's where what mark said it's an outdoor game and so you have you have to accept it Two, you're muted, Mark. Two setups that uh, that were that come to mind. Not anymore. Riviera, <laughs> Riviera last year was awesome. Yeah, and it was firm and it was fast. And I know it got windy and they had to pull guys off the course or whatever. And <laughs> well, but that's like I would rather that than than like you know water it down and and make it soft it just it that, that's not that's not interesting to me and then mm -hmm. memorial in uh 2020 
when Rom won at whatever, eight under, seven under, nine under, somewhere around there. And uh, where he had the penalty on uh, the 17. 17th. 16. 16. 16. We'll, we'll name them all until we get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was 16. And uh, that setup was, and remember they changed it from work day and they made, they like baked it out. It was, it was awesome. Well, like it was well, so well, good. The, so. the thing about that Memorial week, Carl, was they were blowing up the golf course the following day. In fact, they were ripping up the front nine while we were on the back nine over there because it was getting redone for the following year. So, so Mr. Nicholas was like, I don't care what you do. You can bake this place out all you like because there's an, an element of golf course protection on the go. And to Greg's observation, the one time, that I was at Kapalua, I was amazed. I mean, we had rain like two or three times a day. Granted, it was a squall that would run through there, but when it's maritime, that's the sort of stuff you're going to get, and you you have to prepare accordingly. Right, and that can that that kind of squall can bring 25 mile an hour winds yeah. out of nowhere, and, and that's what you see in the open. So the the greens can't be so fast like they can at Memorial. Um, but Mark, you bring up a great point about tearing up the golf course. You, the, the course has to be operable the whole year. And the, the membership at, at yeah. Riviera has to be able to sustain that. So some courses can handle really stressing them at certain times of the year. Others, if you're, if, if you're at the um, Detroit Country Club or Country Club of Detroit, excuse me, um, whichever one that is, if you're there in the middle of August or the middle of July and you bake it out, it's ruined for the members. Yes, and right. nobody, and so if you're going to do that at every PGA Tour stop, then no course wants to host a PGA Tour event. So the, the only other option where you could really have control and really test the very best players in the world without having to incorporate design features for resort visitors like they do at Kapalua or members the way they do at many of the other stops on the PGA tour or, or daily fee play like they do at Torrey Pines is you could have just PGA tour only professional golf only stops. And that's really costly. It's not an effective model. So y you have to accommodate all players. Um, I, I do think the PGA of America, they're building some golf courses at their new headquarters. They could build golf courses for PGA Tour players and condition them as such and design them to be the toughest tests in the world. But I'm still, I'm not sure if that makes sense in their financial model, if that's the purpose of building a golf course. So it, it's, a, it's a real challenge. It's not as easy as many people make it seem. Yeah, it can look like a clown show at times, but the one with the biggest shoes last week was Cam Smith, Greg. And now I think we're having a conversation this week that we might not have had before, right? Like when Cam Smith goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with John Rahm for a couple rounds, comes out on top, probably not what most people were expecting. We're kind of reevaluating our opinions on him, aren't we? Yes. Uh, and, and that's a big thing that I'm watching for the remainder of the year. There are some players that'll go out and have hot weeks and you see it all the time and then they fade and they falter. And I'm wondering if we're going to see a Cam Smith run like we saw JT when Mark brought up his the, the 59 ball that was following a win. Is he going to have um, an, another streak like that in Hawaii? Is he going to emerge as a player that is always in near the top of the leaderboard? And is he going to change our opinion of Cam Smith? He did last week because he beat John Rahm and set a scoring record. And there's a tremendous amount of attention on that. 
But the way he follows it up will be really important. And there's an opportunity for him to really set himself apart and become a star. And and I'm I think that's a really big story this week. Now he comes in as the favorite in this the field. Favorite. Yeah. And he was the fa- I believe well, he was at least priced higher on DraftKings. I believe he was the favorite even when Bryson was still in the field. Hey, correct. Um, if you go by if you go by DraftKings pricing and depending on uh, I mean Caesars is the only book around where so Camp Smith it was the favorite definitively, but if there were other books you might have been able to see co-favorites or something like that. Right. But but point is all of a sudden Cameron Smith is the favorite in a PGA tour event. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he handles that. And it, I'm sure it doesn't mean anything to him. I'm sure he won't be asked about it, but he's, he's the, the top dog in this field. And is he going to handle that the way, you know, is he going to perform the way he performed last week or is he going to be affected by that? It's a lot of pressure. It's a, it's a different feeling when you go to an event and you say, I should win. Or, or I should contend, I should play well again, rather than I'd like to. And if Cam Smith finished tied 15th last week, no, we, would, we wouldn't talk about it. We wouldn't talk about him at all. Now there's a lot more conversation, a lot more eyeballs, and a T15 or, or a miscut that will become um, an, a spot of attention. And so the pressure rises. And I'm really interested to see how he handles it that this week. Greg, for what it's worth, and... In the little amount I've gotten to know Cam from being on the golf course with him in practice rounds and some tournaments and such, he's one of the most laid-back human beings I've ever come across. I mean, I, I've I've had him in the final round when he's been in contention, walking down like the 15th fairway, where he eases over to me and he's like, hey, any good jokes? You know, the the, the, the guy is just so come see, come saw about everything. And it's, it's sort of eye-popping to me, and I think that's why he's able to stay as present as what he does. And I think it may be part of the reason why when he faces off with a Rahm or a Justin Thomas at the President's Cup, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to hit the golf ball a few times and see what happens. That is honestly what he's like. And it's not a, it's not for show. Sure. Uh, we were at Travelers last year on Sat- Saturday or Sunday, whatever it was. And I was on his group. And so I'm just patrolling the range to catch up and get insights on new clubs in the bag and all that sort of stuff. So I go just stand with uh, Sam Pinfoldy's caddy and Cam's hitting. And uh, so he comes over, he goes, hey, man, how are you? And so I'm like, good, how about you? And he goes, no, I'm fine. So I said, uh, anything special you're doing on your golf swing? And he goes, yeah, me and my coach hooked up via FaceTime on Tuesday. I'm like, oh, sweet. What do you guys do? And he looks at me, he goes, I can't remember, man. <laughs> he honestly <laughs> couldn't remember. And this is heading into the final round of an event. And then Sammy's caddy's like, dude, you're working on your posture. And 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 oh, so oh yeah, that's, posture. That's right. Yeah, that, that's the sort of the guy that he is. And so yeah, going. You're right. Going into an event as the favorite, if you're not accustomed to that, it's a big deal. You know, with all the commitments and the expectations and the personal expectations. But that Sam um, Smith is a chilled out dude, man. He really is. The one the one final point to that. We've seen some chilled out guys have a little bit of trouble on the last hole still or down the stretch. Louis Oosthuizen comes to mind last year, not only at the Zurich where, uh, where, where Camp Smith ended up being the beneficiary of that, but, but Camp Smith himself has also struggled down the stretch like he did at the Northern Trust uh, in a playoff with Tony Finau. And, and it's particularly off the tee. I don't know if that's pressure, a weakness in his game, but I'm also watching what he does with the driver this week or with his tee shots this week, because last week, 
coming down the stretch, the thing was on a string. It was on an absolute rope. And um, and I want to see if he can repeat that on a golf course that's a little bit tighter, a lot of it tighter. Uh, how, how does Cam Smith stack up as kind of the modern player KP for the guys that, you know, we would consider top 20 golfers in the world? Well, that's that's what I was going to ask you guys. Like, what what do you think his ceiling is? And to me, the ceiling comp that comes to mind is Ricky Fowler. What makes you say that? Uh, I just don't think that he's, I think Cam Smith is good. I just don't know that he, um, I don't, he's not like Morikawa Rom good. Right. And there's only so many majors. There's only so many wins to go around. And so like Ricky Fowler has been a great, what tier kind of one, like two, one and a half, two guy for, for a lot of his career. Ricky Fowler's won. So Cam Smith's played 200 OWGR events, and he's won four, but really two of those were team events. So he's won mm-hmm. two individual events out of 198. Fowler's nine out of 306. So it just, I don't know, that's the trajectory that it that it feels like a little bit for Cam Smith. Like, he's not going to win multiple majors. He can win a major, I think. Um but I just I don't know how high the ceiling is for him over the next ten years. I, those, I think we're that's why it's a big story for me. I think we're going to find a lot of that out. What, what does he really have? We've seen we've seen um, moments with great tee shots. We've seen moments with great approach play. We know his short game and putting is that's that's a big a great similarity between he and Ricky Fowler. The short game and the putting, yeah, is, yeah, it's, it's really good. Not I crazy. He, not, I yeah, thought one ahead. of Cam Smith's well, Zurich wins was an individual, but you're right, KP. It was the first year as a team event. I thought he won the last year as an individual. So you're right. Half of his wins were at the Zurich in a team event. Who was his partner? Do you, uh, do you know the answer? Or are you yeah. quiz? I, I'm yeah. looking at the page right now, so I know the answer. So we'll yeah, throw anybody this else? to Kyle or Greg. Who, who was uh, it? Was that, that Rory Sabatini? No. Nope. Nope. Wrong, 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 okay. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong again. So that means it was different than Leachman. Oh, it was, uh, it was, uh, Scott Piercy. No, no, that was Billy Horschel. He went to Florida State. There's a clue for you. Wrong. <laughs> he went the Cam Smith, probably the world's most crooked driver, I think, ever. <laughs> That's true. From Florida State, most crooked driver ever. Puts like a banshee. I mean, he they're not going to get it off of this. But the, I don't Blix. think these hints are that helpful. <laughs> yeah, Jonas Blix. Jonas uh, Jonas Blix. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't have Jonas Blix as a Florida State guy in my mind. Did somebody win with Scott Piercy? Did Scott Piercy win? Yeah, with Horschel. Horschel. the next Horschel. year, Horschel. Oh, okay, gotcha. And gotcha, then gotcha. it was Robin Palmer. Then 2020, there was no event. And then Leishman Smith. There's been four editions as a team event. Well, uh, Greg and I are out of the next trivia. Yeah. Apparently. I love it. It's a solo uh, edition of Mark. What's your? Give me your comp for for uh, for Cam Smith, Rick. Uh, I don't know. You're gonna put me on the spot. Yeah, um, I am. You're always you're always throwing stuff at us. I'm throwing it back at you. I, I, like- I the Fowler one wasn't bad either. I, I liked that because of the kind of the putting prowess of both of them. And when Ricky was at his best, he was just rolling the rock. Unreal. I, I actually think that might. What is so? Fowler had what nine? What was it? Nine in uh, three oh eight. That's a hell of a career. That's a yeah, hell of a it, career. It, it's been that, underrated. That'd be a great ceiling. I I actually think it's lower than that because I think you think he could reach ceiling. a Patrick Reed. 
Yeah, uh, Reed's had an underrated. Reed's career. got more than you think as well. He's got like eleven wins or something. I know. No, 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 no. no eleven, nine, no, maybe nine. Nine PGA Tour wins, I think. Wow, and a Masters. But he's got a couple of worldwide wins too. No. Yeah, so he's um, got nine, nine PGA Tour wins, three European Tour wins. So twelve. I think I'm, nine I'm going to toss this to you guys. How about Jason Day as a comp? Similar, mm. similar Jason hits in the air a bit more. They both putt greats. Uh, the problem with that nice is one. Jason Day for 18 months was by far the greatest player on the planet. Yeah. Like, that's a huge. And he was a great driver of the ball during that time, right? That was a, he was, he was an elite driver. That's the thing with Cam Smith. Like he, he's a, he's a good enough driver, but he's not like, even if you look at Morikawa's numbers compared to like, we don't think of Morikawa as being a great driver, but in terms of strokes gained off the team, Morikawa is really, really good. And Cam Smith is he's okay. Like he's a little bit above average. He just I don't I don't I think to be a modern, like great player, you just I think you have to be a little bit better off the team. Maybe not, and maybe he gets better. He was awesome last week at Kapalua off the team. Yeah. Really, really good. And long. Did you notice he hit it out there some? Yeah. He's not so, sure. so maybe that maybe that changes. He just historically on the PJ Tour has not been an elite driver. And I, I do wonder how much that limits his ceiling. I was just looking through the stats. I did want to put a bow on one more thing. I don't know why I feel the need to do this, but Jimmy Walker gained 19 strokes at that Sony go. Open that we were talking about. That's not his best week ever, believe it or not. <laughs> he gained 20 strokes when he won the 2015 Valero Texas Open he gained 20 strokes on the field. It's a lot. I'm impressed by the dominance that Jimmy Walker flashed a couple of times. If you gain 20, that's like a 98% when it like you win 98% of the time. Well, 99% okay, well, of the you, time. You talk about comparatives. There's Walker. He's got one major championship, the PGA. Yeah, that's a good one. And, and he's how many wins has he had? Six ish? Five or six, yeah. maybe? Yeah. yeah. I like that. I, I think Cam Smith can be better for longer, though, right? Like, because Walker only won for like a four-year window, basically, and Cam is like, you know, he's been he's he's won like one event for each like for the last five years. So I, I think that he can put together seven, eight, nine over the course of twelve years um, with with a major or a players or something like that thrown in. I, I think he, I mean, that's a great career. Like Ricky Fowler's mm -hmm. had a great career. We just, we don't talk about it in those terms because we're always talking about Tiger or if not him, then like Spieth, Rory, JT. Or what Ricky didn't do. Yeah. It, it's a great career and they're hard to find these great careers, but it makes it a little bit easier wow. to find a this great career when you use LinkedIn jobs because these <laughs> days it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business that's why linkedin jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free did you guys know uh jacob hired me on this show for through linkedin jobs job? wow no yeah he posted Not a surprised. job a and then within within minutes uh of him posting it that job went out to a network of 770 million people <laughs> the world's largest <laughs> professional network. I found it because I was a candidate with just the right skills and experience. And they use screening questions to make sure the role was only for those who were most qualified. And then those simple tools on LinkedIn jobs allowed me to quickly filter and prioritize anything and everything 
that I would need. And that is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the competitors you want to talk to faster. Did you know? Every week, nearly 40 million, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash first. That's linkedin.com slash first to post your job for free. Terms and conditions obviously apply. All right, folks. Impressive. Thank you. We can do our best bets now. Um, Greg, we kind of talked about this earlier. We talked about it on the Monday this is an event that has really strong – it's weird. It has strong history because it's been played the same course for a long time with a similar type field at the same spot on the calendar, but with so many different ways to get to hoisting a trophy on Sunday afternoon, it's kind of, I don't know, a little bit awkward to assess the field, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's wide open. I, I see an avenue – and I mean, we work hard. We work really hard here trying to figure out what's going to be successful. What's the key? What's the model? It's so hard to pick and handicap these events and predict who's going to play well. But the the key to me is understanding the model. And this is one of the more difficult venues to do that with. So I see a I see an avenue where a, a guy like Russell Henley, a, a really really solid iron player, has a has a great week. I see a, a world where, like we saw last year, where a Kevin Na or um, or a Cam Smith, or even a Mark Leishman, a guy gets really hot on the greens and and gets the job done that way. When you have a golf course that's a little bit shorter, it it opens the field up and um, and and it allows you the opportunity to be accurate off the tee or even a little crooked. It, it just it it opens up the avenues for sure. All right, well, let's stay here with you, Greg, for your best bet. So this is where we head on over to Caesar Sportsbook, and we scour every single page, we assess every single bet, and we come back with our best one. What'd you find, Greg? The one that really stuck out to me and um, was was Corey Connors over Mark Leishman. I know I just mm. mentioned Mark Leishman. That, that's why this is a tough one, because I think Leish could do pretty well here. But Corey Connors is at plus 100 to beat Mark Leishman. And we've talked about how solid he's been with his ball striking. Um, and and Rick, one of my favorite takeaways from, from Monday was what he's done here in, with his strokes game putting, Corey Connors. So I kind of, I look at Corey Connors as a combination of all the models that I look at uh, all the opportunities for success and he checks every box. And so I, I think that gives him a really, really strong edge. And when you get plus 100 odds in a, a matchup where you only got to beat one guy, I, I think that's pretty strong. Uh, a lot of these are, are slight minuses here. So I, I really like that number. And I, I think Corey Connors is going to have a great week. If he can putt it all. That's that's all. I mean, he's just he ball strikes. And he guy. has here, right? What is it, was it all three of his starts here? He's gained, he's gained strokes yeah. putting. It, it was all, all yeah, three, really impressive. All, th- all three, he's been in the top thirty. It's the only course. Uh, it's the it's not the only course, but it's by far the course that he's putted on the best, where he's played it at least three times. Like it's not even close. He just laps the field on the rest of uh, his even good putting courses. Okay, KP, I spy. A top 20 wager from you this week. Where are you headed? I got Taylor Gooch. Uh, Gooch finished in the top 20 last week, and he won the week before that, albeit it was like 
six six actual weeks before that, but um, he's playing great golf, and I feel like it's still going a little bit overlooked uh, because he is he's not won kind of that marquee event yet. He's not really. I mean, his win was like right before Thanksgiving. People are kind of checked out. It's just it's going unnoticed, and it's a much better field last week than than this week. And he figured out how to top uh, top twenty there, so I like him at plus one forty to top twenty again this week. Plus 140, Taylor Gooch, top 24 KP. I also went with a top X bet. Mine, Abraham, answer to finish inside the top 10 at plus Love 275. That. We knew the, that that Kapalua was going to be a bad place for him. We, we knew that, and uh, he finished near dead last. I think this is a much better spot for him. I think he bounces back. I like this number, plus 275, which, Mark, leaves you. Our best bet, Bo, Finish off the segment for us, please. I first wanted to ask you about your impressions on the club change for Answer, or was it just a big golf course that caught up with him? Yeah, I just think that uh, a course that sets up well for Abraham Answer is either much more narrow, much more penal if you're missing the fairway, a place that he can kind of just not be behind the eight ball immediately after every tee shot. And I just don't think Kapalua was that was that spot for him. I, I don't think it's anything club related for me well righty ho my uh, pick now open disclosure i did not consult rick run good with this uh, selection and well then we'll just skip it (laughs) (laughs) and i know that this is a really happy hunting ground for webb simpson it is but webb is sort of lightly run for me if he was a racehorse didn't play that great in the fall hasn't gone since uh um i think he played the hero he did play decently down in sea island and then Hideki is looking pretty sharp to me. And and Matsuyama, the way he hits the irons, and he seems to have gained a little traction on the greens. He looks like he's he's remained true to what he's been doing. He, he just seems like he's a force every week he's teeing it up. Where Hideki was the guy that when he gets it all together, he's, he's really good, really competitive. But it seems to me like he's found his groove. And, and everything that's coming out of the barrel there is a whole lot more consistent. The distance control is, is, is solid. And, and the way he hits it is a big deal. And, and, and here's what I know for certain. Staying in the same time zone for a couple of weeks is a big deal. And Webb probably traveled in there a little bit before the event to, accustom, to, to get accustomed to it. But Hideki played last week, played decently last week. So at the plus 105 number, I had to go over there. Hideki Matsuyama, small dog over Webb Simpson for Mark. I'm taking Abraham answer to finish inside the top. 10. Greg is going with Corey Connors over Mark Leishman, and KP is going with TG Taylor Gooch to finish inside the top 20 at plus 140. Why is it that only certain letters can, like, like TG doesn't sound good? KP, that's cool. DJ, JT, what's the criteria for the initials? I don't know. Is there some sort of like slant rhyme going on there with no? KP is not KP. No. I don't know. JT. Yeah, JT sounds good too. Yeah. And TJ works too. TJ works too. RG is good. Remember RG3? RG. Oh, yeah. RG is kind of cool. You guys can call me RG if you want. MI does not work. MI is not great. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, But what could roll off the tongue is a national anthem. And Mark, this is our second edition of this crazy thing that you and Jacob have concocted to make us look like fools, where essentially (laughs) you make one of your world-famous nationality picks, 
And mm-hmm. then Jacob plays the national <laughs> make sure I have this right. Plays the national anthem. And then we have to somehow guess. I, I guess we have to guess what the country is and then the player from there. Yeah, and this one um, last week. <laughs> Literally anything you say is is going to be meaningless to us. So well, just say anything. Well, for the, the, folks, the, didn't, for the folks who didn't catch last week's edition, there was a <laughs> it was a continental bet. So you got like a Norwegian and a Spaniard, and there was an Irishman mixed in there, and that was the Europeans in the short field. Where and, this and week, that, and that one, Mark. So you took John Rahm, top yeah. European, cash it. Mm-hmm. This week we but we 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 more geographically um, centralized. Thank, so thank we, we have countries. So that big should make this a little big easier big. for you guys. And uh, I guess all I can say is, Jacob, hit it. And that could have been the same exact one as last week, for all I know. So yeah, yeah. were those kind of a little American almost? Were those, I think were it was, those wind instruments? What was that? I think it was last week's. It sounded like that French. Um, what's what's that organ that you pump up and down the like heart? a back accordion? Or yeah, oh, it sounded kind of like that. Maybe that was just you the version. The that Are you trying oh. to throw us off? Yeah, that sounds like a, a, a hint. It's like that. Play, play it again, Jacob. Yeah, hit it again. It's beautiful. It is. Very nice. I think it, I think it sounds a little... Uh, I think it sounds Asian. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I got to say, what... I got to pop in real quick. I mean, the live chat got it before you guys did. Yeah, someone in the live chat's got it already. I'll do that. Is it Australian? You got to look, Rick. That's cheating. Okay. Uh, I'm going uh, to say top... I'm going to say it's Japan and top Asian, and you're going to Tadeki. No, that's okay. a pretty good guess, though. That was Greg, good. Do you do you want to take a stab at this? I I now know the answer. Uh, all right. Um, my stab will be top South Korean Sung JM. Good boy. <laughs> yeah. Bang! Soul Smoke was in the chat. Knew uh-huh. it right away. Two two notes in. Boom. South Korea. And he did. He did verify. He said Korea first, then he verified South. Which, thank you. I would. We wouldn't have been able to uh, to get that one. Sung J M Mark. Let's go. Yes, a nice job, Soul Smoke. He's leading this this contest, and we'll go to next week. Yes, he is one and zero. Kyle, uh, Greg, and I are zero and two. What? Okay, we're gonna have to do a little bit of research. Are do you think that national anthems? It It won't help. You don't think that there's a trend like like do they use do they use instruments that are prevalent in their in their country like there's got to be something right that well well the, the, part of the problem is like i don't i don't know whether like you said that spain's last week is was regal yeah well i don't know if spain is more regal than like <laughs> as a as a country than like france so i i I don't even know like how to apply what I'm hearing to like what the culture is. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to show my hand here because one of the coolest sounding national anthems to me is the tricolor, the the, the French national anthem. So mm-hmm. if there's a French guy on the field, you, you pick that one because I'm going there because it's just so cool to listen to. 
It'll be um, Paul Barjan at yeah. 900 to 1. He's, yeah, he's, actually, you're right. He's playing this week. I should have done yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and the South African one you'll get, uh, you'll hear the language, I guess. Um, the Australian yeah, have lyrics, dude. We need some lyrics. Yeah, Jacob, maybe, maybe that you would help. lyrics in there. I mean, I think we're a little bit, a little bit handcuffed by what's on Wikimedia Commons, you know. <laughs> trying, trying not to get uh, in trouble here. And I, you, you said it sounded American. That was performed by the United States Navy band. So you know, Greg, that's there a half go. point. Yeah, yeah, at least, right? At well, least. Greg, you got it. South Korea, Sung JM. I think he's going to be good around this golf course. Look, he's good everywhere, and the way he's playing, he I think he's going to be the low South Korean this week. Yeah, he was awesome last week. I I vow to improve my national anthem knowledge. I do not. Good resolution. I you heard it here first. Yeah. Well, you are you going to go study the national anthems? There has to be a trend. There has to be like I ruled out South America. I don't know why, but I ruled it out. That ended up being right. I just think, I think if you listen to enough, you'll know. Well, how's how about this for a deal? I'll give you incentive. Unlike okay. the coach who's the commissioner of our one-and-done league, who promised a belt and payouts and all this sort of stuff, and he's AWOL, I will provide a prize for the year. And whoever oh. gets the most correct, there we go. We'll, we'll have an, an MI-sponsored prize. So, Rick, it's, it'll be worth your while to... Uh, oh, is it that JT59 ball? Nope, that's mine. <laughs> all right. Mark's putting up a prize. I'm in. All right. We'll keep track over the course of the year. Now, we want to spice it up a little bit because there's always somebody in the chat. There's always multiple people in the chat. Who's going to be the first round leader? I, I don't want to wait 72 holes. I want to cash my check after 18. I got to know who's going out on Thursday and he's going to be the low score. Well, here we are to tell you. So we're going to take a crack at first round leader picks. I've obviously taken a data-driven approach. I'll save that for just one second. But Greg, who do you think's getting off to a hot start at Wiley? So I, I um, was looking at a few players that I really like for the week and then looking for guys who tend to get off to really good starts. And so I, I like Russell Henley. And if you look at what Russell Henley has done in the, in the wraparound season, you're talking about five events. These are the scores he's opened with. Um, and, and the last one I'll read is the RSM. So I'm going all the way back to the Shriners, 67, 68, 65, 65, 64. Uh, those are some really, really fine starts. And he's been a good starter in the past as well. Uh, last year, I think he had a couple of, um, he might've been a first round leader as well. So I, I think it's a good course for Russell Henley. He won here in 2013. And I think that he's a, a very, very good starter. So I like Henley first round leader. He has gained strokes on the field in 11 of his last 12 opening rounds has Russell Henley. So yeah, definitely he, he, a good starter. Love that. <laughs> Love that. KP, your first round leader, please. Yeah, just play the anthem. <laughs> Sanjay. Uh, Sanjay, he was awesome last week. He, he, You know, the thing that I looked at, I, I think that Greg's approach is, is uh, good and maybe better than mine, but... I looked at birdies per round. So I want guys that make a ton of birdies and just hoping that those all fall at the beginning of the tournament rather than at the end. And Sungjae's right up there. He's like a top 15, top 20 guy. He makes five birdies around. He makes a ton of birdies and he played awesome last week. So I, I hope that, you know, I think 
some people might look at Cam Smith and say his momentum will, will carry into this week, which we'll get to at the one and done here in a minute. But for me, it's uh, Sung Jay carrying momentum from last week into this week and uh, leading after round one. Okay, little little data there. I went down a similar path, but I assessed it differently. I looked at ceiling rounds. Basically, if you're going to be a leader after 18 holes, you got to hit a ceiling. And I defined that as five strokes gained on the field. So I ran the numbers, and Hideki Matsuyama in 2021 gained at least five strokes on the field in nine of his 98 rounds, 9%. That was the most, the highest rate of anybody with at least 30 rounds. So I went with Hideki to get off to a hot start. That's really just where you beg him to make like three eight-footers and <laughs> hope you're good. Three eight-footers and he's first-round leader. Yeah, that's all it takes. He'll be just fine. Uh, Jacob, get in here. You're, you, you've got a first-round leader from you here. Hit me. I got a pick for you. It's uh, Kyle's boy, TG, Taylor Gooch. TG. You get him at uh, 35 to 1. So I, I guess I did a little bit of Greg's strategy. I looked up uh, round one scoring average on the PGA Tour, and TG ranks sixth currently. Excuse me, fourth currently. He was sixth last week. And that might be kind of a, a weird stat this early in the year because not a lot of sample size, but he has the most total rounds of anyone in the top 50 in that category of round one scoring average. So he's actually putting in the rounds. You also look at YLI on data golf. They have the course comp, which I always love to take a look at. And right up at the very top there, you've got Sea Island, uh, a course I hear he's had some recent success at. So I'm going to go with Taylor Gooch. Hopefully... The, the layoff didn't hurt him too bad. Uh, that's what we're doing. I'm impressed with the amount of research we put into this. It varies different ways to find out who the first round leader might be, which leaves you, Mark, give us uh, one, one more crack at a first round leader, please. First, someone needs to explain how Sea Island, the seaside course, and Wai are comparable. I do not know. Oh, <laughs> to me, From I Europe? do not I do not see the comparison whatsoever. No, they play Sea Island on uh, overseeded rye when you're down there in the fall. Mm. Um, anyhow, I think the chance of calling the first round leader is slimmer than your 9% number that you tossed us with a decky, Rick. Um, so me, I just was like, okay, I'm going to look at a guy that played well here before. And to me, you know, you guys are the data guys and I'm learning about it. But uh, a large part of good playing is momentum. Carl talked about it. And emotion. So I looked at the three Georgia Bulldogs, the Georgia Bulldogs in the field, and Russell Henley jumped, jumped mm. out because remember there was that big go uh, football game last night. Heard about that? First time they've won in forty-one years, the dogs. And so I'm like, "Kiz, that guy's gonna be. He's five foot ten. He's gonna be six foot ten when he gets to Wildlife because he's gonna be talking all sorts of smack to all and sundry. And uh, I think it's gonna parlay itself into some good play because he did play. Decently with a top ten last week in uh, in a couple of well, it's definitely Henry's a bulldog too, by the way. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. He it is definitely less than ten percent for these two cash, but that's why Mark forty to one. That's like two and a half percent. So as long as you you know one out of every forty, you'll be all good. Statistically speaking, in the last three hundred and seventy two days, so back to the start of twenty twenty one, in this field, best round one strokes gained: Corey Connors. 2.13, Cam Smith, 1.97. Sung Jay does make an appearance on the top. 
six or seven. So does Russell Henley, Taylor Gooch inside the top 10. So we've got a couple of bullets here that just might work, gentlemen. Wait, what, what was your Hideki 9% thing? Could you say that again? Yes. Uh, Hideki gained at least five strokes on the field in 9% of his rounds in 2021. Nine out of 98. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's the that most would be, of the field. <laughs> yeah, that would be shooting like a 63 or 64 on Thursday, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, the the man, if you if you open it up to the entire tour for 2021 at 13%, Jordan's. Okay. Ceiling. Yeah. Ceiling. Love it. Gentlemen, it's time. One and done. Now, it was a lot more fun when I got to start at the bottom and make fun of Coach every single week. It's a little bit less fun when I start at the bottom and have to make fun of Kyle every single week, who is at $786,000. Now, KP, you went with Xander. You got 170000 at the Tournament of Champions. How are you going to start your 2022 full field one and done selections? Okay, sorry. I'm, I was deep in the uh, the data golf ceiling game. Uh, Hideki, Hideki, Cam Smith, and Corey Connors are basically your three ceiling guys in this field. So anyway, one of those is actually my pick, Corey Connors. Corey Connors has been really good on this course. He's second all time in strokes gain behind only, I think everybody knows who's first. Do you know who's first, Rick? Uh, the way you said it makes me think it's Webb. No. No, that mm. makes me think it's uh, – we just talked about him. He won the PGA at Baltistraw. We talked Walk about him no, a lot. No, hey, Jimmy. No, no oh, not Jimmy. Uh, it's um, – Yeah. Oh, God. You got it. Charles Al III. Charles Al III. The Chuckster. Yes. Played Jeez, 20, I, played like that was a wild guess. By, that was a wild <laughs> guess. By me. So, I knew it was somebody older. Behind Charles Howell, who's played like – 80 rounds at Wileye is Corey Connors, who's only played 12. So it's a smaller sample size, but um, he's played great here before. And and like we talked about earlier, he puts well here, which that's the whole deal with him. We talk about it all the time. It seems like a place where he's comfortable putting because it's not just one event. It's not just two events. It's three events where he's been a plus putter. So yeah, I've got him as, uh, as my one and done. And I'm really excited because nobody else has him so uh, this could be a this could be a week where i, I make some hay make up some ground uh, without without giving away the rest of the board kyle is your lone wolf for the week um which see he ya. needs see, see is ya, as well awesome. yeah, yeah see and see and ajad called him he's going with kevin na eight hundred sixty four thousand. i went on linkedin i sent coach a message he got back to me immediately very quick and easy to use uh he's going with russell henley so he's feeling that little bulldog momentum for this week and 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 coaches at 2.4 million and i skipped you greg sorry i was out of order you and coach are basically That's okay i prefer team. this order yeah you prefer i wait on you as long as possible right yeah exactly uh, I'm going to go with the hot hand. I, I think my, my top storyline of the week, Cam Smith, I think Cam Smith's going to get it done. I think you're going to see a JT like performance. I'm not sure if you're going to get a, if, if Mark's going to get another 59 ball out of it, but uh, <laughs> I, I think the momentum's going to carry over. I think Cam Smith is, uh, is emerging. I think he's ready. I, I loved the way he did it last week where there, there were elements of great driving and elements of great iron play and elements of great short game and, 
elements of pretty much the whole week of great putting. So I think I think some of that is going to carry over, and I think it's enough to make it a, a great week. I, I think he's the play this week. At $2.3 million, Greg, you won't make up any ground on me because I'm going with Cam Smith as well. Basically, everything that you said, he's the favorite. If you would have asked me two weeks ago what the best fit for him would have been, I probably would have still said why lie so it's you know a little bit of recency but would have been a good fit for him anyway and i probably don't see myself using him anywhere else i'm going with cam smith producer jacob in a very sturdy second place he is five hundred thousand dollars clear of me he's 1.4 million behind mark jacob where are you headed bud we're gonna go with sung jm this week uh i mean seems to be trending towards a sung jay week we hope I uh, like that he can well didn't really contend last week, but he was competitive. So that's a good sign for me. Who is we? Do you have a caddy? Uh yes. My <laughs> wife. My wife. Okay. okay. And Birdie. And Birdie. And Birdie. Yeah, the whole team. Uh, I don't see Birdie's Birdie nowhere. No, she's nowhere to be found right now. She was uh that, sitting on the desk earlier. That hoodie you're wearing is like the most comfortable hoodie I've ever worn. What is it? I can't see it. This it's is a, uh the CBS Sports Super Bowl oh, hoodie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's great. Nice. Go on, uh, if you go on LinkedIn Jobs, boys. yeah, if you go <laughs> on LinkedIn Jobs for a full time gig with CBS, you can get one of these. So. The perks, the perks, baby. The perks, the perks. I haven't, I haven't bought new clothes for myself in uh, years since starting. It's all, it's all about the nice bandies. Nice bandies. <laughs> all right, Mark. I'm glad you got it, Rick. You're still in the lead. We can do the whole song and dance. We can do the whole uh, show, but you, you're in the lead. $4.6 million. Where are you headed this week? Radio, more trivia. Who can tell me who King Kamehameha was? Oh, I know this. Go. Uh, he, he invented surfing, or he's like the king of surfing. He has a statue right there on uh, Waikiki Beach. Everybody goes and puts their lays around him. He's, he's the guy. Yeah. I don't know if he invented surfing, but he unified the Hawaiian Islands, all right? He is like the Hawaiian king. Yeah. And if you go outside of the place... So Rick was not even close to it. (laughs) No, it wasn't really. I I was hoping I could slide through that, which is like, yeah, same thing. Well, well, he he lived on the big island, which is way south, so maybe he surfed his way all the way up to uh, Honolulu. Don't don't bail him out here. (laughs) He did. He surfed it out. He's the guy. And if you've ever watched Hawaii Five-0... Outside of the government buildings there, there's the huge statue of King Kamehameha with a gold uh, crown on his head. Well, he's <laughs> the like king of the he's the king of the Hawaiian Islands. I've watched JT win the Hawaiian swing and become the king of the Hawaiian swing. In fact, that was my winning call. And I'm with you guys. I think Cameron Smith wins two weeks in a row, becomes another king of the Hawaiian swing. So Cameron Smith for me. You sure about that, Mark? Is it too late to change? Mm-mm. Yes, it is too for, late to change. For you, we, this or, is, we take this no, very seriously. Mark, I'm not changing. I think Mark. I, I think we should give Mark an opportunity to change. Jacob, Jacob, mm-hmm. is Cam Smith going to win two weeks in a row? <laughs> well, I told I my. You, I wanted you to play the clip of Mark saying oh. wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I would have used him maybe at the players again, Greg. But otherwise, I didn't really see a natural fit. I mean, he Sir. plays well at Travelers and places like that. So I'm like, hot hand. You use the term. I'm going with a hot hand. Yeah. All right. To recap, Mark's going with Cam Smith along with myself and 
Greg, Jacob's going with Sung J M. Oh, I guess he's a lone wolf as well. I guess Coach is a lone wolf as well. Russell Henley. Sia is going with Kevin Na. And KP in the basement going with Corey Connors. That's our one and done. Uh, I have to do a hard pivot here because I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Tim Rosefort, who who passed today. I've, I've not had the pleasure, gentlemen, but I imagine, uh, Mark, maybe you and KP have as well seem to be very well respected in our in our world. Uh, he certainly is was respected by all the players. He'll he'll be missed. He was one of those, and you know I've long believed that most times, more often than not, it's better to be kind than right. Mm. And Tim Rosefort was kind and right all the time. He never skewered a player. Everything he wrote was factual. He had the biggest rolodex in golf to me. I mean, he knew everybody. He had them all on speed dial, and every player to a man was comfortable sharing information with him because they knew what he was going to publish, print, talk about was just straight down the line. And he was a great guy about him. He will be missed. Yeah, I think I don't, I mean, I, I didn't, I met him maybe a couple times, but I, I'll say this. I think that what you see people saying, whether it's on Twitter or what Jaime Diaz wrote on Golf Channel or what Rich Lerner put together or what Mark just said is not it's not true of like that would not happen for everybody, right? It's not like, I think sometimes people pass away and you hear all these glowing things, but it, it just like, he was, he was different. Like he, he just, he had a, um, like, I don't know. Just trust me when I say that, like the things that people are say about it are saying about him are, are true because I trust those people. And also that like, they would not be said about everybody in this industry. So I think that speaks volumes about just who he was and and uh, and what he did. And it was cool to see some of the old shots of him just grinding in like the old master's tent and and at the open championship. And it was just, it was stuff that I've dreamed of doing as well. So it was very, uh, you know, sad, obviously, but also like cool to see a kind of a life well lived. And uh, if I may as well here, Kyle, to your point about, how you know what kind of guy he is sometimes with celebrities people that we see on tv people that we're familiar with who have a public image you wonder what they're like behind the scenes you wonder what kind of person they really are you wonder if it's just an actor if it's real and the in the instances where i met uh tim rosifer was uh at medalist he was a member there when i worked there and he was just as gracious to Justin Thomas as he was to the caddy master or myself as just a, as a, a range guy picking up range balls um, and, and, and the guys cleaning the carts and valet in his car. He was as, just as gracious with everybody as he was to the biggest stars in the game. And that really speaks volumes to me. He was a guy that would show up when, when he would uh, arrive to play. It was often late because he's so busy. And, and the guys, if you've ever worked in the bag room at a golf course, the guys that show up late are not your favorite people because they make you stay longer. Right? You got to clean You got more to do when people show up late. But I never heard anybody, not one person that I worked with, complain when when he arrived. It didn't matter what time it was because he was just he was that kind of guy. And he made a really big I impact on everybody that he came in touch with. And so um, he's dearly missed. 
Awesome stuff, gentlemen. Thank you for the tribute. We will be back after each and every round of the Sony Open. But for now, this has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.